What's up, golf addict? David Barnett with the Tour Junkies. We are delivering for you an amazing podcast tonight, an amazing interview, a great guest. Unlike any guest we've had on the podcast before, Pat, and I'm pretty excited about it. Um, I, I know you're excited about it, Pat, and you know it, it's just of it, we're we're bringing the heat despite the tour season officially being over. You know what I mean? Like we're, we're not going to lay down on the job here. for the next couple months. We're bringing the heat, and it's going to start tonight. What do you? What do you? Are you excited about tonight here, Pat? I, I am. I mean, yeah, definitely. Season's over. Well, time to. Time to do some different things. Yeah, I'm excited about it. So on the line right now, we have a guy who is a husband. He's a father, two boys. He is a two-time Super Bowl champion. He is a golf junkie. He's a former kicker in the NFL, had a wonderful career in the NFL, most notably with the New York Giants, beating the breaks off the Patriots two Super Bowls. And this is Mr. Lawrence. Times at LT4Kick on Twitter and Instagram. LT, what's up, man? What's up, man? Thanks for having me, guys. I've been looking forward to this. Thanks, really. I have. You know, I've been following you guys on Twitter, and uh, yeah. I like what you guys are doing. I love startups. I know you guys are kind of new. So yeah. um, I like to, uh, you know, help everybody out. So especially when you mentioned you guys talk golf and then i've seen some of your stupid videos on twitter um i like <laughs> i like stupid so i wanted to be part of it well that, that you answered you're a, you're just a pro guest because you answered my very first question <laughs> and my very first question was how in the world did you hear about us and how did we get on your radar um so how did you stumble on us on twitter I think, I don't know, I've seen you guys, like, retweeting stuff or something with Kisner tagged in it, and yeah. as you know, we'll yeah. probably talk about Kisner's a buddy of yeah. mine, and so I was like, who are these guys? And then I, I think I saw a picture of you guys or Kisner or something, and then I, I, I saw that you guys had him on or something for a podcast, so I haven't yeah. listened to it yet, but I plan on getting to it. Yeah, you should. He's been on a couple times. It was funny. You know, of course... Of course you didn't hear about it because kids like, hey, LT, you love golf. You should listen to my two friends, David and Pat. They do this tour junkie podcast. It's great. No, kids, kids would not do that. He would, no, no. He's too busy be- making top ten. Yeah, cash I guess so. Uh, um, cash and check. Uh, so, so, LT, give, give, our, give our fans a little background on you. Like, I know you're a golf junkie. You're born in Scotland. Pretty cool. Um, Dad was a Navy SEAL. Appreciate his service. and. Uh, and your your family sacrificed as well. So talk about like grow like being born in Scotland, the home of golf, yeah. then moving so, to the states, football, and all that. Yeah. So I was, you know, my dad was in the military. Met my mom, uh, and obviously I was. My mom was Scottish, and he came back to America with three boys. I'm the youngest of three boys, so we're 39, 40, 41. And uh, 1978, I was born. We moved to. Uh, Milton, Florida, in 1989. So I was almost—I think it was, yeah, I was was 11, or maybe just turning 11. And uh, we settled into the little panhandle of Florida. So um, you know, I was a big soccer player, 
love soccer, love golf. Of course. You know, I used to, yeah, used to yeah. tag along with my dad when I was like six or seven. He would play his early rounds on the weekend. I would go and just have a club. And, you know, I got to be a pretty good golfer probably in my early teens, 12, 13, 14. And then I stumbled across a guy by the name of Bubba Watson, a guy by the name mm-hmm. of Boo Weekly, and a guy by the name of Keith Slocum. So, we're all from the same town, if you can believe it. And Milton's only like 9,000 people. And I know people say, well, Bubba's from Baghdad. Well, but Baghdad is like a house in Milton. just called Baghdad. <laughs> so um, there's like five homes over there. But I'll be honest with you, they're those three guys. And I didn't really play much against Boo and, and Heath because they're a little bit older than me, maybe like three years older than me. But I played a bunch with Bubba. And, I mean, when he was beating you by like eight, nine strokes on nine holes, that's yeah. tough to swallow. And so, yeah, you know, I'll um, take soccer. Yeah, and so I was like, you know what? I mean, if I can't beat this kid in my town, you have nine thousand people. And granted, we would play in Pensacola with a bunch more other guys. So, but still, I was like, I was always like, you know, I'd top five and top three, but I'm still like six, seven strokes behind. I'm like, I gotta find something else. So I stayed with soccer, um, and then I, all my buddies, my senior year, convinced me to come play football. And I was like, well, what in the hell am I going to play? I was like 6'2", like 150. And um, I actually ended up playing safety and I kicked. So I love the game. I just, <clears throat> it was a lot of fun. I, I actually, you know, took the kicking just like that. Uh, eventually ended up at Troy University. And where Josh Broadway, who's a guy you need to have on your show if you have it, by the way. Josh Broadway is a cross-handed guy. You guys know Josh? Yep. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, we know, yeah. Okay, so Broadway and I are super close friends. So we that's how I met Kiss, through Josh. And we, uh, you know, we were basically roommates in college. We <clears throat> hung out, and I see Josh every year, and Josh would stay with me every time he played in the web event up here. And so uh, that's really, you know, that's where my golfing kind of ended. I think I stopped playing mostly in college and then, was lucky enough to get, uh, you know, an invite to training camp by the Chiefs in 2001. I was undrafted, and then that's when my career started. So 13 years goes by in a hurry uh, when you're playing football. It seems like yesterday, but, uh, man, it was it was a good run, and that's kind of like a little bio of myself, but that's really how I'm connected to the golf world is growing up with those three, um, going to school with Josh, and you know, hosting guys at my house and the web.com tour events. And obviously, you know, I work at Wheels Up now, and so I'm affiliated there in terms of sponsorships for golfers. So I love it. I mean, I love the game. I'm obviously, I'm not a real good player. I'm like a nine handicap, 10 handicap, but I can get it around. And I enjoy playing it. Well, I definitely want to talk more about growing up with Bubba, Boo, and Heath Slocum at Wheels Up, but I do want to, I do want to hear about some football first. So thirteen years in the NFL. That's right. Is that right? Thirteen years in the NFL. No, I no, I had ten. So I so in the my, NFL. Yeah. So my 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 career was kind of Chiefs in two thousand one. Then in two thousand two, I went to NFL Europe and played in Scotland again, which was kind of cool because that's where I was from. NFL. The Chiefs sent me to NFL Europe, so I played in Scotland that summer. And then I came back to camp again and got cut in two thousand two, and then I went to the CFL and played two years for the Ottawa Renegades. And then had two really good seasons in Ottawa in the CFL, which is a really cool game. For those of you who like football, it's different. 
12 on 12 feels a little bit bigger, but only three downs. It's, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of offense. So two really good seasons. And then I basically, um, I had my pick of teams. I had like 10 offers after my second year in Canada to come back down. And, you know, back then they weren't really keeping young kickers. You know, it was all the veterans. And so I came back down to Kansas City of all the teams because um, I felt comfortable here. And I actually beat out Morton Anderson, who you guys should know is Falcons fan. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm the only player ever to beat Morton Anderson out, and he just connected into the Hall of Fame. So, um, a little cheer on top, but yeah, it's a tough grind. I mean, to be one of 32 people in the world is a tough job to get. So, I'm kidding. Well, and and the only player in NFL history to have two overtime game-winning field goals in the playoffs, um, and obviously performed well in the Super Bowl for the Giants. So, we, we wanted to ask you a little bit about kicking. Like, if you're here, here's a question I have. Like. Describe I, this icing the kicker situation. Is that is that a real thing? And like, do you do you remember specifically a time when it worked against you, or like, what was your thought when someone tried to ice you? Were you just like, dude, you got to kidding me? This 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 makes it even easier. Like, talk through the icing the kicker thing. Yeah, I mean, so here's my theory. Has it worked on me? Technically, yes. Um, and of all places, because the Giants just lost on a six yesterday it was in Philly. So in 2012, no I it was a Sunday night football. I hit a 56-yarder short, just under the crossbar uh, to win the game. And uh, Andy Reid had called a timeout, so I'm like, we I get another shot. So I was like, I was like guaranteeing I was going to make it because it's happened to me ten times, and you know I've always made both typically, but I tried to put too much on it and yanked it a little bit left. So technically. It worked because this time I didn't make either one of them, so it's hard to say. But that's happened to me probably just six to ten times. I can't remember how many. I've never missed previously. Like, we would always tell the snapper, whenever you hear the whistle for the timeout, snap Snap it. it. Because I want to get a practice rep, and they're not going to say anything. And I wore earplugs anyway, so I would just say, look, I didn't hear the whistle. I I wear earplugs. So, um, (laughs) anyway, so that... It just depends. Like, for instance, yesterday, I would not have called a timeout. Because for me, I've always said to our coach, my coach would ask me, he'd be like, you know, what should we do Like with these guys kicking? I'm like, don't call the timeout. I think there's more anxiety running out there, boom, you got to go kick it. As opposed yeah. to, oh, let's get this, let's give this guy a timeout. And, and, you know, in college, it's even more bizarre because they can call three in a row. Like, I saw yeah. that happen Saturday. I think one team had three timeouts. They called all three of them sitting there like this guy's out there he just went to his net i think and kicked some warm-up kicks so in the nfl you can only call one time out you can't call more than one in session so i always told our coach i told coach coughlin i was like look if it was me i wouldn't call one i would just let them go out there because once you call a timeout then i get to kind of take another deep breath and kind of go through my checklist again so i don't know i don't know what the stats are on it i've never seen one but i can't imagine icing is is really effective. Good to know. Good to know. Yeah. I, yeah, I would love to see, like, just an overall, mm-hmm. just the stats on that, like, over, like, look at, like, seven or eight seasons of that and, and just see if it actually does work. But I, I, I agree. I think it's kind of dumb. But, all right, so I got a question. This is kind of out We're there. We're really but... glad you agree with that, Pat. Really glad you agree with that. That meant a lot. Thank you. I, pre- I, know, I know Lawrence is 
But listen, all right. Think of you and and the all right prime time Lawrence, like in your career, you're you're kicking the best that you you've ever kicked. So you're sixty yards out. You have a football in front of you and a golf ball in front of you. Do you trust your leg or your pitching wedge to make it through the upright? You got to choose one of them. Oh, what, what, what are you going to choose? My leg. What? All day long. No way. Yeah. Dang, I was what? hoping for the go- I was hoping for Were the leg. 60 yards? Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, that's probably the worst. I can, I, listen, I can bang it. I can putt. My wedge game is horrendous. Oh, good. Horrendous. And I have no idea. I've get- tried for years to figure it out. I think I'm just, I don't know. I'm too handsy. His isn't willing to help you with that? I don't, yeah, I don't, <clears throat> I don't ask for his so even now, So even with a pass, like even with a rush on you, like not, like not that you're just sitting there in the clear with just a straight shot at the goalpost. I'm talking about you got linemen. Yeah, game situation. You're still going to take your, your, your foot. Yeah, oh yeah, I am. Dang, that's what I got paid to do. I never got paid to play golf. Unless it was yeah, for an appearance. It's a 60 yard shot. Yeah, but that's okay, not I mean, At the end of the day, like you're talking about, I mean, I I could probably go out there tomorrow and make a 60 yarder. You know, it's not, I'm 39 years old. Like, 60 yards is, is far, in the, I guess, in the grand scheme of things, because that, that's the number of people always peg is. But, man, I've hit yeah. from 72 in college, so it's not like, that's 12 yards closer. So, I mean, so, that's a big difference. Can you tell which tour junkie composed that question and why? <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Pat, can, why are you... Did somebody kick in college? Did one of you guys kick in high school or something? No, no, absolutely not. I'm laughing because only Pat would need a pitching wedge to hit a 60-yard freaking shot. Like that, that's a that's a lob wedge for your boy. But Pat, yeah, Pat, yeah. Pat carries his driver about two thirty. So no, no, he, but I can, I can, I can hit a knock if I'm trying to go through the the upright. A knockdown yard pitching wedge, like a knockdown pitching wedge. I feel like I can hit it straighter. I mean, it doesn't sure. matter how far it goes; it matters how straight sure. it goes. How is how are your two golf games? Uh, um, you know, Lawrence, we should just move on. <laughs> No, <laughs> not that good, huh? Uh, so, no, so, we love like, being, Growing up in Augusta is like almost like being born in Scotland, like half the golf, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, we both. Well, David started. David is a better golfer. Let's go ahead and get that out of the way. But uh, I started at a much younger age than he did. And uh, so I'm about a 12 right now. David's probably, a, what, an 8 or 9? Mm, I mean, I'm probably 9, 10, maybe. Um, yeah, I played baseball my whole life and did start oh, yeah. golf until I was about 19. So I can hit it a long way. I just don't know where it's going. If I could ever figure out how to hit uh, a little, a few more fairways or at least not lose golf balls off the tee, I would easily be a single digit guy all, all the time. But I just, it is all about the driver for me. If my driver is on, I could shoot a 75. If it's off, I could shoot a 95. Like that. Yeah. Literally I, listen, the I'm, gap. I'm the same way. Like, I, I mean, we're the same two guys. Like, I've actually Maddening. put drive. I put driver away. Like I hit this like Callaway three wood that I have. Yeah. And, and I can hit, I can hit it. You know, two eighty. I mean, I I can. That's all you need when you're playing blue tee. I don't play the tip. So. No, 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 me neither. No. 
Um, but Pat, Pat's a good Pat. We have some good battles because Pat has a pretty good short game. Like he's he's got a good. It's old man golf, you know. He's he, he's got the wedge game. He can putt. He can roll the rock, you know. And I'm I'm waving by him on the tee when I hit a good one. And then next thing I know, we got the same freaking score when it's all over. So uh, yeah. we've had some good matches before, but lately I've, I've had to beat the brakes off of him. I don't know. He's he lost a little bit of something he had. So, but we both love it. I mean, like I'm totally hard. We have been working too hard, and you know, there's we got kids, and you know, you know how that is. Like, it's, right? It's tough. Um, TJ is a growing, a growing hobby slash job for us, and um, we just don't have the time. But we're we're gonna we're gonna change that one day. Change that. Yeah. Um, I want to ask you, going back to football, what what kinds of things would opposing linemen would they yell at you? For like a big kick, or did you ever have like a really funny taunt that you remember? Or did they really not do that? Um, yeah, the guys would talk shit all the time, but um, you know, it's funny. The one I remember the most is there was a guy that, uh, named Terrence Knight. You remember that name? His nickname was Pot Roast. You know, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, remember yeah, yeah. I remember Pot, Pot Roast. Pot Roast. Pot Roast. <laughs> he like the skins, the ja- Jaguars to start, yeah. then the skins, and then he went to like Denver. Hot roast. It was like the greatest nickname of all time. So it was like 2000, I don't know, 10, 11, 12, one of those years. We're beating the shit out of the Jaguars and we're up in New York. And like fourth quarter. And uh, I think I I kicked like my third or fourth field goal. And Pot Roast comes over to me. He goes, out of baby times, I have you on my fantasy team today. This today, and I'm like, what in the hell is going on? I'm like the opposing D lineman, and everybody knew who yeah. Pot Rose was because he's a big personality, funny guy. I was dying laughing because we were well, beating the shit out. But like, he didn't even care about the score. He's like, out of baby, you know, I started <laughs> doing my fantasy league. I'm like, that's awesome. Now, did you did you play much? Yeah, did you did you play much fantasy when you, when you were actually playing? You know, I didn't. I never played fantasy. We do now. You know, I, I've been in some leagues, and then now we just kind of have me and my wife and my two kids. But, man, I didn't have anything. I've never had Facebook. I never had Twitter, and I never had Instagram. Wow. Played. So, like, wow. I really started all this stuff. Like, I wish I should have started, you know, Twitter. But for me, like, I just I just wasn't interested in it. And it was just another way, and, and young athletes should learn from this, it's just another way for people to get at you and like attack. You. Mm-hmm. So like every one of us is Kevin gonna, Durant. Well, every one of us is going to screw up, right? We're all going to have a bad yep. game. It's going to be on TV. Everyone's going to see it. You're going to miss a kick. And like I just for me, I was like, I don't. Well, people say they don't read it. They're lying. They they all read it. And so for me, I just was something that I just didn't even want to be a part of. And, and in hindsight, I'm kind of glad I did it. Like I still don't have Facebook. Never had it. I don't even know how, how to even. I've never even been on Facebook.com, but Twitter and Instagram's fun. I mean, I like to interact with the fans now, and I can talk so much shit to people, and no one can ever say anything to me because I can't fuck up anymore. So <laughs> that's, that's what I was thinking. Like thing in the world, like like especially yeah. like Eagles fans, Patriots fans, like yeah. they'll never see me kick another field goal the rest of my life. So like that was a, have, it's a perfect play to way to play it. You know, I mean, see your career and then get on Twitter. <laughs> I agree. Now, in hindsight, a little part of me wishes I would have done while I was playing because then you'd have like you know like half a million followers and yeah yeah whatever. But I'm not into all that. I, I really into it to 
I really look at it for news and updates and sports, and I do like to talk trash on there sometimes with other fans and, you know, mingle with all the current fans, because we still have a lot of fans. We had a lot of success up there, so Giants Faithful is, they're faithful, man. They will follow you, and, you know, they'll praise you your your whole career. You win a championship in New York, man, and you are forever a New Yorker. So, are there, who was, like, one of the biggest characters that you played with on the Giants? Like, Maybe, maybe like just the biggest personality, funny guy. And you can't say yeah. Michael Strahan. Yeah, that's and too I'll easy. Um, you know, Eli. You know, you guys don't. No one really gets to see Eli outside of post game interviews, and if you've ever met him. But he's a funny dude, man. He's like he's like filling your shoes up with like you know shave cream. He just was always like scheming to like do something to somebody. So. Him, um, and there's so many. I mean, most of the dudes are just so funny. Um, mm-hmm. Golly, Rich Soiber. You know, li- offensive linemen are always typically yeah funny guys. They <clears throat> love to talk shit to kickers, which is awesome. Um, there's just too many today. But, you know, Eli's one guy I would say for sure. Um, most people probably wouldn't see that, but he is. Yeah, I wouldn't have guessed that. He is, he's hilarious. He's funny. What What about, um, like, as a kicker, do you feel like a member of the team, like one of the boys, and what about feelings of potential inadequacy being a six-foot-tall white boy in those community showers? <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, listen, kickers nowadays are not the Gary Premians, the guy that, you know, that says, I keep the ball, or... You know, you see everyone's seen NFL films and the guy that the bad snap or something that blocked field goal, the Miami kicker picks it up and fumbles it again. And I, I just think you know you you see the the stature of these guys even now. I mean, the kicker for the Giants right now is six four two twenty. I mean, he looks like yeah. an outside linebacker. Um, I was six two two oh five. I was bigger than most DBs, corners anyway, not safeties, but. I look. I, I think if you you integrate yourself and, and do your job, because believe me, everybody wants to be a kicker except on Sunday, and because our schedule is so sweet during the week. Like, yeah. I'm not tackling. I'm not banging head. I'm just working on my craft, just like a golfer. But I'll, I'll tell you this: there's not very few people in that locker room that you could find that want to go out there with three seconds left and kick a field goal. I mean, yeah, I'm sure. You know, <laughs> Andrew Roll, one of the greatest safeties of all time. He was on our second Super Bowl team, and he came up to me after the the game. I think it was after we flew back from San Fran, and, and the next morning he's like, "Man, I don't know how y'all do that shit." <laughs> <laughs> it was just it was just so funny because you know he, those guys get sixty, seventy plays a game. Yeah, and if they mess up, so what? You know, they may get burned here or there, but you know, sometimes we get one shot. Sometimes you get six. You know, you just. For kicking is the unknown. Like, how many times am I going to get the kick today? And that's why the only thing you can work on is your routine because you're only guaranteed a kickoff. That's all you're guaranteed in a football game. So you have no idea whether you're going to kick six APs, three field goals, or whatever. So that's why it, the, the preparation is a little bit monotonous. But guys accept you, man. I mean, uh, if I did all the work they did, I ran with all those guys. I worked with the DBs during practice because I was a pseudo, you know, DB in high school. So, like, during practice, you know, you can't kick all practice. So, like, 
I spent a lot of time with the DVs, and so, like, all the DVs, like, even gave me, like, my own sweet towel. You know, the towels that, like, hang out your jersey, like your pants? <clears throat> so, the Giants DVs all had their own sweet towel, so they made two sweet towels for me. Mine said Nasty Nine on there. I have no idea what, why it was Nasty Nine, but my number was nine. But that was just how I, you know, you got to integrate yourself with your teammates, and I tried to do that. I tried to do everything they did, the running, the lifting. And then, you know, you show up and do your job on Sunday, uh, those guys will accept you. So um, going to the shower part, you know, but, you know, people call me tripod. So, I mean, I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. <laughs> so I got, I got one, I got a, for me, my last kicking question, which David may have more, but I, I want to get into some golf. So, but so that being said, though, would you be more nervous on the first tee or kicking with the game on the line? Like what? What? Like, you, and let's just say the first tee, like you're playing in like a pro am, and there's actually people watching. Yeah, I've done that. So I, you know, I play in a lot of those during the year, like pro ams for the web, um, uh, the folds of honor is a big tournament I play in every year, and there's small galleries. I am always more nervous doing that. You know, I got paid to kick, and so I knew what I was doing. And I always said, you're only nervous when you're unprepared. I've always believed in that. And so, like, I mean, I'm on the first tee. I'm not a pro golfer, so I'm totally unprepared. So I've always lived by that. Like, when I kicked, I mean, that's what I got paid to do, and I've always felt like I was prepared. So I really was never nervous. So with golf, I mean, obviously we know, we you know, we talk about you're a golf junkie, so... You know, in what ways does that manifest for you? I mean, are, are you do you play golf a ton? Are you watching golf a ton? Do you actually do you bet golf? Do you play DFS golf? You know, David and I talk DraftKings and and that kind of stuff, and 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 mostly in the golf world, we don't really talk about the NFL and all that kind of stuff. So, so for you with your golf addiction, you know, what what is how does that manifest itself for Lawrence Tyne? So I, you know, I played a ton up until this year I, for whatever reason, you know, my kid, I have twin boys that are 10 now and their sports schedule is absolutely chaotic. And I always said to myself, <clears throat> you know, I'm, I'm fortunate to be home a lot and I'm glad I get to coach all my kids in soccer and baseball. You know, there's a lot of dads that would kill to do that and be at every game and all that stuff. So I have not golfed maybe 15 times this year, which is probably going to shock you, but Last year, I probably played, you know, 40, 50 rounds, and typically that's where I was. I do a lot of charity events. I do a lot of pro-ams. I do a, Folds of Honor is, is the one tournament I will not miss down in Owasso, Oklahoma with Dan Rooney. And if you guys follow golf, I'm sure you know what Folds of Honor is all about. But mm-hmm. yeah, um, that's a great tournament. Kid Rock, I mean, Nancy Lopez, tons of tour guys, tons of senior tour guys. So that is uh, one of the greatest events. and so. Um, I watch golf now, so, you know, I typically, I'll check scores Thursday and Friday. You know, Thursday's kind of a soccer day. Friday, I'm I'm off, so I'll watch kind of that, that mid the late afternoon on the Golf Channel. And then I will typically tune in on Sundays. I don't really care for Saturday, Saturday's round. But Sundays, I'll, I'll try and watch as much of that as possible, especially if, you know, some people I know or any of the Wheels Up guys are in contention, so, um, which is, Seem like it's been a lot of over the last couple of months. We've had a wheels up guy or 
somebody I know personally. So it's been a lot of fun when you get to pull for somebody that you personally know and watch the game. So I would say I'm my my addiction now is is really you know just as a viewer. I, I don't get to play nearly as much as I want to. You um. I know. I think you you're you're kind of an ambassador for PXG. So talk about that a little bit. I mean, how did you get hooked up with PXG? We had we had Bob Parsons on the show. Oh, uh, I guess a little yeah, about a month or two ago. And it it uh, he's he's fantastic, by the way. And if you, if you want to go back and listen to one, I think that's, that's definitely one to go listen to. But um, so how did you get hooked up with PXG? So I was out at the Shriners, maybe. 2015, I was out at the Shriners um, with uh, a guy named Jeff Fujimoto. And Fuj is, I want to say he used to be an agent. Um, I think he used to work with Robert Streb, who's a buddy of mine that lives around me here. Um, so I was on the hole. It was a wheels-up hole, so we were sponsoring the program. So I was on the par three, close to the clubhouse. and just sitting there, just mingling and meeting people and shaking hands and telling people about Wheels Up. And Jeff gets up there, Fujimoto. I don't know Jeff's title at PXG, but he's a you know he's a pretty high up guy. So he uh, he puts his club down. I'm sitting there. I'm like I'm like what the hell is this guy hitting? Because it's obviously unique with the rivets yeah. in the back. And so um, he comes over after he hits, and I kind of just pick it up and look at it. I'm like, what is this? And you know, he he knew who I was, and so uh, he said, "You you want you want a set of these?" I'm like, uh, "Sure, yeah, love to." I had no idea. Like I thought I'm getting like a thousand dollar set of clubs. I had no <laughs> idea until I got them, like in this box, that they they're like four hundred dollars a club. So I, yeah, you know, he's kind of like, "Hey, will you you know kind of share these on Instagram, Twitter, and stuff like that?" And I'm like, "Absolutely." And so I think I had PXGs before even people knew what they were. And now half my damn club hits them. So um, they're awesome clubs. Have you guys hit them? Uh, no, we uh, we would like to be ambassadors. Is there a way? Yeah, we were out yeah, our next <laughs> Listen, I mean, once we get this uh, Twitter handle up to like 100,000, why shouldn't you be? Oh, God. Well, that, <laughs> and I like um, your golfers. I like kind of who's in their little stable. Yeah. Their yeah. golfers, but their equipment is pretty sick. I've not hit any of their drivers, but um, well, the irons are awesome. I'm pretty obsessed with Bob Parsons. After we, I, I really, really wanted him anyway, and we worked really freaking hard to get him. Like we probably worked harder to get Bob Parsons than we have worked to get any guest that's been on our show. Period. And okay. we we finally got him, and he is easily one of my very favorite people that are alive right now. I just think he's one of the coolest guys. Well, he's just kind of like an American hero. Like he is, yeah. Yeah, he's and what oh, he's done. What he's done professionally outside of the military. I mean, to build this yeah. billion dollar, and then to disrupt the golf world, which was pretty much yeah. stale as you know, ten ale crackers. Yeah. I think it's cool. It's very cool. Um, all right, I want to know about the wheels up gig. So you retired from the NFL. You start selling and doing some some business uh, like business i guess like consultant work for wheels up or something like yep. tell me how that works and i want to know in fact we've we've had a lot of listeners so we we had a, a deal a couple months ago where we asked listeners to to give us questions to kind of put in our bank of things to ask people when we have on the show and we had a number of listeners ask about 
how the you know private aviation thing works with some of these big names uh, that fly privately, you know, here and there. Uh, so kind of tell us how you got into it, what you do for Wheels Up, and something about that whole, you know, process that a lot of us common folks don't know. Uh-huh. What's up, Golf Addicts? Listen, I want to take a brief time out from this awesome interview with Lawrence Tynes and tell you guys about mybookie.ag. It is the new site where me and Pat are taking our traditional golf betting dollars. We moved it over from a previous provider and we started using MyBookie for a couple reasons. Number one, the minimum withdrawal amount is only $100. A lot of these other sites make you get up to 500 and even more to make a withdrawal. So we love that part. MyBookie is reliable, uh, great reputation, and really fast payouts. They pay you out in like less than two days. It's incredibly fast. And right now they're doing a 100% cash bonus when you make your first deposit. We've already had a few listeners do this after the podcast last week. So if you want to do some traditional golf betting or betting the NFL or anything else, you can even bet on the on the next Pope, which is pretty funny. If you want to knock that out, go to mybookie.ag. When you sign up, put TOUR100 in the promo code box, T-O-W, what I can't spell today, T-O-U-R100 in the promo code and you can get a 100% bonus on your first deposit. They're also a pretty good Twitter account. If you don't follow them, at BetMyBookie on Twitter. They're actually kind of funny. So uh, check that out, and thanks again for listening to this week's pod. Let's get back to it. So Wheels Up is a four-year-old company. It's a membership-based private aviation solution. So um, you know, currently we have roughly 80 airplanes um, and just under 5,000 members. And we have about, I want to say at last count, and I don't officially handle the tour anymore. I used to do a lot of it in my first year, year and a half. And uh, now we have another guy that does it. Um, I want to say we have about just maybe 35 to 40 tour golfers. Wow. So we have, I want to say, 20 of the top 50 in the world, which is good. Wow. You know, Ricky Fowler, Kevin Kisner, J.B. Holmes, Russell Knox. And there's just a stable of them. So, uh, I got involved in that through friends in Wichita, which, believe it or not, is the aviation capital of the world. Two friends of mine, uh, Christy Tannehill and Brian Howler, involved with Beechcraft and down in Wichita. So once Wheels Up started, who, you know, four years ago, it was a year old when I started. Uh, I just jumped on board, man. I had no idea what I was getting into. But one thing I, I've heard, learned from veteran players when they retired is that you have to find something to do like immediately. Yeah. So I. I found wheels up like nine months after I retired, and so um, jumped right in. Uh, love it. It's you know to me the best company in the world, and so you know I do the Midwest, and then I have MLB, NFL, PGA, LPGA. So I handle a ton of athletes. I'm I'm around a lot of athletes still. Um, so uh, I won't get into how the deals work um, because contractually, you know, everybody's deal is different. So. I don't want to ruffle anybody's feathers, but you can just imagine, right? The top guys get this and the other guys get that. So that's basically how it works, right? If you're a top 10 player, you get something, you know, and on and on and on. And it's all about exposure for us. You know, obviously you see the shirt collars, the the hats, yeah. the yoke, the shirt, the sleeve, the chest. So, and I'll tell you this, Kevin Kisner, when we got Kevin, um, I want to say Kevin was somewhere around 180th in the world. So um, 
he has wow. been awesome for us. Not only just his golf play, but just his personality and the way he interacts. We have events year-round with members, and <clears throat> Kevin comes in, along with all the other tour guys. Um, we have a great group of guys, and it's it's just awesome. But um, they spend their time with these with our members, and it, it kind of puts them in, in a in a personal setting on a golf course with with other members. You know, those members love that. Anyone that has played golf with a pro golfer uh, knows how fun it is. We've got a couple more like thoughts, like ones we want to spend a little bit of time on, and then we want to hit you with some some quick hitters and and pull you in what we call the native area. So, got it. Uh, but before we get into that, so you mentioned earlier you went to school at Milton in Florida. Um, basically, grew up with Bubba, and then you said Boo, and, and he looked and were a little older than you. What about? I mean, you mentioned Bubba beat the brakes off of golf growing up. No, no shocker there. But w- what about other? Any other cool stories from those guys? Or like, how how close are your relationships with those guys now? I'm not super close with any of them, to be honest. Um, I mean, obviously, when I see Boo or Bubba or uh, I walked with Angie last year at the Masters. Um, I walked with, um, oh, goodness gracious, why is his name escaping my brain? Um, I'll come back to it. But uh, Boo uh, Boo was pretty close with my brother. Um, Boo's just always been Boo. I mean, it's so funny to have, like, a Heath Slocum, who's super quiet, just kind of himself. You got the biggest like redneck hunter fisherman in the world boo and then you got bubba who's like this kind of standoffish you know kind of a centric guy it's like but um you know i knew all three of them were going to do something with golf i mean even at a young age they were just all three that good you obviously never think in a million years you're going to have three tour winners in your town but boo was boo man like he's the one guy like you'd be on the golf course they pull up i'm tearing through the woods and just get his card up next to you with a you know six pack of beer in the back and say, "Can I play with y'all?" And I'm like, "Oh hell yeah, come on!" So <laughs> that's just Boo. I mean, he's he's you know that's why people love him, and obviously he's done well. I'm happy as hell for him. He's he's one of the good guys, and probably still one of the best ball strikers out there. I would imagine. Sure. Is do you think Bubba's misunderstood by the general public? Um. You know, I don't know. I, he, Bubba's been Bubba. He's been like that since he was little, though. He's always been kind of off to himself. And um, he was a really good baseball player. I know he played a little bit of basketball, but um, misunderstood. I don't know. You know, I I pull for him like hell. I mean, I, I'm one of his biggest fans. So uh, I don't know. You know, I, I don't I, I don't know Bubba really past you know the age of twenty, nineteen, twenty. Yeah. So yeah. you know. So, Misunderstood. I know a lot of people talk smack about him, and he's his own guy. But at the end of the day, I've always said, you know what? Like no one out there's. I mean, I, it's cool to have friends and in your job and what you do, but everybody out there is trying to beat you. So I don't know that his mentality is the wrong one to have. Yeah. You know, I mean, I would actually kind of like it if a lot of people hated me on tour. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, <laughs> all right. Maybe that's just because we're all from Milton. I don't know. We all have a chip on our shoulder, so maybe that's um, it. I don't know, um, but he's he's uh you know he's he's done big things out there. So I, I just the one thing I would change is like for me like not like there's a bunch of tour guys that do 
it's not your caddy's fault. You hit the fucking golf ball. Like, right, right, like, right. I hate that. I hate that. Like, sometimes I'll turn it off. Like, I won't even watch it. So I hear someone complaining to their caddy. Like, you, you know how far you hit that damn club. Like, like what he's supposed to tell. He's just giving you the club. Like, and he's just there for to like put his arm around you. Like, you know how far you can hit that club. Right. Yeah, I mean, Bubba, I, Bubba kind of gives it. No, oh, Bubba kind of yeah. gives it to Seth Scott pretty good. Uh-huh. Yeah, Teddy takes I, it. I mean, like a champ. But there's just yeah. so many guys that that just I don't know. It just rubs me the wrong way. And the whole I, silence I mean, thing. Like, what what is that about? Like, just concentrate and hit the fucking ball, right? Like, I don't know. <laughs> maybe uh, maybe you, maybe it's because I kicked and like there's ninety thousand people yelling. But like, you can focus. Uh, Anyone can focus. I mean, I don't know. I get it. It's a gentleman it sport, man. Yeah, out. I wish they had a um, tournament like 16 at, at, at Scottsdale. Yes, the whole way around. The whole way yeah. around. That, that would be, be insanity. And not all of them are going to have 30,000. Say you get five, two, one. Yeah. You know, just something to make it just kind of epic. We could get that done with Barson. We need him back on the phone. Oh, God. That would be a free. That would be yeah. freaking amazing. He would probably um, sign up for that. He wants to flip tour upside down. And, like, that would be just the most epic event of all time. Like, you could get, like, a million people out there that week. Easily. If you did Easily. little, you know, just stadiums around, and you could charge such a premium around the greens where it's not comprised of one hole. It's on all 18, and you can do whatever the hell you want and just see how well they shoot. I mean, I'm occasionally all, I'll, I'll play like that with my buddies. You know, like, I'll, I'll say, listen, we're going to play, and, and, and I can say whatever I want when I want to say Yes, just deal with it. Like, I think guys would, especially, I think this era of player, like the Spees, the Thomases, like these guys would, They would, that's why I think it's grown to where it's at, because they, they would enjoy that to an extent. Now, I'm not saying to do that at Augusta National, that's what makes it so prestigious. Right, right. But like one tournament a year, just make it a complete shit show. That would be awesome. <laughs> I think that's, that's yes. the best idea I've heard in a while. Who, who would who should be the sponsor of that? Who, who would be Parsons, the best sponsor? TXG. Bob Parsons. Well, yeah. TXG. Yeah. I mean, no, this I, is I, kind I of what he like, wants to do. Um, <laughs> it should, I don't know. It should be waste management. It should be waste management. How about GoDaddy? GoDaddy, waste Go management. Yeah. I mean, Red Bull, vodka, Cheetos. Yeah. <laughs> Cheetos, yeah. Cheetos would be the <laughs> best sponsor. I mean, Pat, Crown. You, you struck a nerve. You struck a nerve with Pat when you said Tito's. <laughs> Crown. Yeah. I mean, it's just whatever, yeah. whatever we want. I mean, just make it. And just charge. You know, because the thing I hate about Scottsdale, if there is one thing, is, is my God, the crowd. Like, it's a great tournament, but I've only been once, and, like, I'm not going back. It's just too damn crowded. You can't even see any golf. Really? See, that one's kind of circled on the impact list. We've never been, and. No, you got to go. You got to go. Yeah. I mean, those are our people. You know what I mean? Like, that's like our brand. But you know, the Ryder Cup was was kind of the same way. That's true. Yeah, the Ryder Cup. It was very hard when we were there last year to to watch a lot of golf. But it was still. It didn't matter. It just, it didn't matter. It was so much Augusta, for me, I've been the last four years. Like, I go, I go uh, Friday. I fly on Wednesday. go play golf Thursday at, like, Sage Valley. Or I'll play, um. He has this course, whatever the hell the name it is. Um, Palmetto. And then, yeah, Palmetto. And then Friday, Saturday, Sunday, we got the course. And then fly home like middays. 
Um, actually, no, I'm sorry. We go Friday, Saturday. Fly home Sunday morning. So I like it. I love hitting the term because it feels like everybody's, you know, at a main corner. But, like, I like 9, 10, 11, 12. I mean, it seems like yeah. the crowd's starting to loosen up. And on the front, the crowd, you know, you can always see the golf at Augusta, though. Like, I don't feel like. You can't. Especially if you're following, like, I follow kids on Friday and Saturday both days. Like, you know, if you're not in the top five or ten, you can pretty much follow anybody. Right. Um, all right. So we want to we want to take in the native area here, Lawrence. So if you if you, I'm sure you have. <laughs> um, it is you know it's all about just you don't know what you're going to get. We're going to throw some quick hitters at you. We just want you to rattle off what comes to your mind. We have never had anyone pass on a on a question before. Okay. Mm. Okay. Now I I feel like there could be one in here that you might pass on. So it's okay if you do. It's okay if you do. It's, I'm just saying that never no, never has. Thanks. Um. Yep. All right. So are you ready? I'm ready. All right. I'll uh, I'll kick this off. Name three things that you hate. Hmm. A strong word. Mm-hmm. The Patriots, Eagles, <laughs> Cowboys. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. I should have seen that one coming. Perfect. Um, perfect answer. If you could punch any former NFL player and current NFL player in the face without consequence, <laughs> who would it be? Uh, former? Hmm? Um, man. Former NFL player who I punch in the face. Oh, man. Golly. Um, hmm. Can I come back to that one? Yeah. What about current? Yeah, let me come back to that one. Because I got to, I mean, I, I, there's thousands of players. I'm just having to kind of. Is there a current think. NFL player that you're like, you see him on TV and you're like, God, I want to hit that guy? Oh, 100%. Josh Norman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yes, Redskins shut down. Yes. Okay, so you nailed that one. Okay, we'll come back to that one. All right, what what about a band or artist that would be considered a guilty pleasure that you enjoy? Oh, I mean, like anyone, like Tupac. No, but that's that's not a guilty. Oh, by the way, I love Tupac. That's not a guilty pleasure though. Like by guilty pleasure, I mean uh, slightly embarrassing. Like for me, I, everybody knows I'm a big Bieber fan. You know, I can catch a little bit of heat for that. I don't care. Like we've had some, we've had a sore player on here. Oh, I don't know who it was. Listen, oh, oh, what's the guy's name? Oh, uh, Sean Mendez. You like Sean Mendez? He's good. Yeah, yeah he, he can, he can, he can sing. Yeah, we, like somebody said, Taylor Swift. We had a tour pro that Taylor Swift. Yeah, something like that. I, I mean, I like you know, like yeah, I like I like her songs. I mean, okay, okay, yeah, all right, good. Yeah. Um, all right. So, all, in that same vein, you're invited to. Sing carpool karaoke. What are your two go-to songs? Hmm. Carpool karaoke. Yeah, have you seen Let's that sing. with James uh, Corbin? Oh, yeah, hysterical. Yeah. I'm definitely going to sing "Sweet Home Alabama." Okay, because I went to Troy, and it, and I still love it. Of course. And then yeah. Pulse Wendell is a good buddy of mine, so I'd probably sing "Chilling It." There you go. Now, now, yeah. do you know any Tupac? Songs good enough that you could you could spit some Tupac in that carpool karaoke or not? It's more of a yeah. I mean, 
you know, I, I haven't. I, I've got some loaded into my phone, yeah. but you know, it gets kind of my kids are like, Dad, what the hell are we listening to? And I'm like, Oh yeah, I forgot. There's like, <laughs> I forgot that was. <laughs> I forgot there's like language in there. So, I so I gotta ask, laces in or laces out? <laughs> it doesn't matter. I mean, it just doesn't visually, matter. It no, doesn't wait, matter. but. But see, that's the thing. So that was what my what? next question is. That the most overrated question that kickers get asked? Yes. yes because, well, here's why. Here, here's why it messes you up. Okay. So you train kicking a football, laces out, laces out, laces out, laces out, laces out, right? So just say, think of if you did 1,000 reps that way. Then all of a sudden I said, oh, you're going to kick it this way. It just freaks you out, right? But the sweet yeah. spot of the ball is just under the bottom part of the lace. That's where you're kicking it anyway. Now, some people kick a little higher, obviously, but um, I can hit a 55, 60-yard field goal with the laces back. The only thing it does to you mentally is when you're going to the ball, you're like, oh, shit, why are the laces looking at me? It's like, <laughs> should, they be looking, should they be looking at the upright? It really just kind of jolts you mentally. So now does it suck? Yeah, it screws you up. I mean, we all saw... You know Blair Walsh in the playoff game. How they kind of oh my god. You know Georgia boy bulldog. Yeah, yeah, and so which he's done a hell of a job. You know kicking with the Seahawks this year. He's um, a good kicker. Yeah, yeah, he's awesome. And so, uh, you know, kickers get labeled after one kick, which they shouldn't have done. But it was good for him to get out of there. But yeah, so really just a visual thing. But it's almost like I always try. People, you know, golfers love talking to me about kicking because it, it's similar, right? Um, yeah. They always have questions about, you know, your mental. And, like, dude, we get one shot, sometimes five. You guys get 70 shots to figure it out. You know, that's what's different, and that's why it's so much more pressure-packed. But, um, you know, it's almost like I would say, like, if I took a tee ball, people would say, well, what's it like to kick? I'm like, let me take a tee ball to a golfer, okay, and I'm going to put it three feet out and hold it with my hand. And as he's swinging his club down, I'm going to bring the ball back down and place it. As he's coming down, I mean, obviously you couldn't do that. You get your hand wrecked, but you know what I'm saying? Like that's what it's like. So that's why laces out, and the ball does carry a little bit better that way. But um, it's not the end of the world. It's just more of a mental thing. It's all Ace Ventura's fault. It is. What? Which is one of the greatest movies of all time, by the way. Yeah, it is. Um, do you ever feel for Finkel? Ray you ever, like, Ray Finkel, I did until, I, still, until they made him turn around on the boat dock. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty gross. Like, that's not Finkel. Or I or whatever. Um, um, that's a classic movie. I always like to ask this question. So, Kelly Kapowski or Jesse Spano? Uh, I'm, like, completely oblivious to, like, TV and pop culture, so like, oh my god, like, wow, we're gonna edit this out. You can't, I mean, you can't, yeah. I'm like, yeah, we don't want to ruin your career, Lauren. Yeah, I mean, I should know that. Is that someone from like Full House? No, that's <laughs> saved, saved by the bell, saved by the bell, close. Okay, well, I knew it was one of those, which I did watch right. religiously, see, and I just didn't pay enough attention to like who they okay, are. Okay, so, so the brunette. That was the that was like hundred percent uh, yes okay or the one that like was had curly hair and she was really tall and yeah 
Yes, not the okay. uh, caffeine caffeine pill addiction. No, not her. Okay, so you're a Kelly Kapowski guy, which yes. is correct. Yes. yes. Yeah, there's only one answer to that question. But. You got it. Okay. Uh, all right, so what's your opinion on Roger Goodell? Overpaid. Um, yeah, obviously. Opinion, I mean, just, I don't know. He's just a puppet. I mean, he really is. He answers the 32 other owners, and so it's a pretty sweet job if you can get it. But, you know, he doesn't really make any decisions other than to suspend guys crazy amounts of time for no reason. I mean, he's the judge and the jury, so I don't understand that. But that's how the NFL works when they're – he took them from an $8 billion, you know, business to a 14 and seven years or whatever it was from our last collective bargaining agreement. So I guess you can do that. You know, yesterday was a, you know, we're recording this Monday. So yesterday was kind of a a big day as far as protests and everything else in the NFL. Do you have any, any thoughts on that? Or, or, I mean, what do you think about this, this whole deal with sitting during the anthem and, and everything else? I mean, as uh, far as I'm concerned, Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. yeah, I'm 110% against it. So, um, you know, if I was still playing and my teammates said, hey, we're going to stay in the locker room, there's no fucking way I would do that. I would come out and stand on the sideline with my hand over my heart. And if I'm the only one out there on my team doing it, then I'd be the only one out there. But, um, you know, my dad served in, in Desert Storm. My brother is going back to Afghanistan for his third tour in December. Um, to me, there's different times when you should do stuff like that. And so um, that's just my opinion. I certainly respect what the other guys are, you know, are doing. That's their prerogative. But there's no way in hell I wouldn't be out there for the presentation of the colors. On the flip side of that, though, if the NFL wants to, like, do this, you know, protect themselves from a PR nightmare, just go ahead. And, and my friend here in town, who's an AD, said it was a great idea. Leave every team in the locker room. Every team. They're not allowed to come out. And, and then bring them out. And, because it's almost like like the Ray Rice video, right? Ray Rice was playing when we heard he beat his girlfriend. It wasn't until they showed the video that he was never allowed to play in the NFL again. So why is that? If, the, yeah. if fans don't see it, it's almost like out of sight, out of mind. They yeah. may know, okay, they're not out here. But I think people would be less agitated if they didn't see it. And so, you know, leave everyone in the locker room. It'll, it'll, you know, that's my way of, of, you know, fixing it. But I know the real reason people are out there kneeling is because they want people to see it at that time. And so I understand that part of it too, but I, I'm 110% opposed to it. So, Well, and that's the college game. In the college game, they're in the locker room. Right. Right. In the national leave them league. in there. Leave, them, leave the pro guys in there. And just like the Steelers did yesterday, which was almost unheard of, right? They did it, and then we there's a cool picture of that Villanova, the Army Ranger, yeah. standing out there, which he said was an accident, by the way. I read today. I'm like, that's not an accident. He's just trying to <laughs> cover up for his teammates who, who got pissed off at him, which is another bullshit story. They should not get pissed yeah. off at an Army Ranger. Um, I think Rob O'Neill said it best. I read a thing yesterday that he's a Navy SEAL that killed Osama bin Laden, who I know from the Fold of Honor. Yesterday he said something about if you're, you know, no matter what race or creed or religion you are, anyone that dies in Afghanistan all comes back in a red, white, and blue flag. And so, you know, 
that hits home with me because my brother could be one of those guys. Yeah. Yep. Uh, that's a good idea though, to leave in the locker room. Uh, out of sight, Amen. out of mind. Like just yeah. leave everyone inside, and, and you know they can watch it on the TV, stand in there, do whatever they need to do. Because you know they, there's TVs in these locker rooms, and they'll show the anthem, and so you guys can stand up in the locker room, I think, which is respectful. Or you could, um, you know, take a knee, whatever you want to do. Yeah. All right, so we got a couple more, and then we're gonna let you go, Lawrence. Um, if you're awake and can't sleep, what are you thinking about? Got a million things. I've got um like my answer is always something with tour junkies. I'm always like Is it? Yeah, mine dumb is, idea. Um mine is you know, work. You know, I, I deal in sales, so I'm always constantly thinking about work, but then I also have um a patent pending on a invention that I'm nice. can't wait to get going next year that will That's uh, awesome. disrupt the college or will disrupt football in general. Um, it's just a piece of equipment that, um, you know, every football team in America will want and need. So um, I'm excited about that. So I constantly think about that. That's awesome, man. Well, I'm glad I asked that question. That's really cool. Uh, we'd love to hear more about that whenever you talk about it. But... Yeah. Once I get the finalization on the patent, I'll be able yeah. free, feel free to talk about it. Killer. All right. So along those lines, like what's something you spend your money on that most people, you know, would, would be shocked to hear? Hmm. Man, I'm pretty. Gee, I mean, we we vacation. We really like to, you know, travel the world, and we take our boys. We have we've taken them all over. Um, what do I spend on shock? Oh, shoes. My wife probably vouch for that. Yeah, God Almighty. Like I dress mean, shoes or tennis I, shoes? Any, like any, basketball. Any, any, anything. Jordans, threes and fours. I've got all of them. Um running shoes that are sweet. I mean, it doesn't matter brand. I mean, if they're sweet, I'll buy them. Um, nice. Dress shoes. Yeah. Shoes, I probably overindulge there. Golf shoes. All right, last last question. And I think you're going to make it through the native area unscathed, LT. Um, everyone knows that you have one annoying habit. If you don't, they're not. you're not married, which you are, so you probably know about whatever annoying habit you have. So what is your annoying habit that maybe uh, your wife does not like? Annoying habit is probably, you know, on the weekends, I'm like a couch potato. It drives my wife nuts. Like, I, I just want to, if we're not coaching a sport or something like that, I'm on the couch for some, like, like the, yesterday. Like, we had a soccer game at, like, Nine, not eight o'clock in the morning. I was on the couch, like in and out. I don't even think I got any sun on my face outside of the soccer game. So, like, I don't know when Sunday night football get over. Eleven. Yeah, yeah, eleven thirty. Hate that. Hates it. Like, yeah, like, like <laughs> pushing the dog out. My wife's pretty outgoing. Like, always wanting to do stuff. And like, but when NFL football's on, so you're probably more college. I, I like uh, the actually, evening college games, but I, yeah. but NFL doesn't matter which game's on. I'll watch it. Yep, uh, I'm the same way. I don't know if Pat would say. I mean, obviously Georgia games are different. I mean, I'm going to watch as much of the Georgia game as possible. But I'm, I'm NFL is appointment TV for me. But oh, by yeah. the way, if if Kirby Smart was a wheels up guy, I guarantee you that Pat Perry could walk up to the to the airplane and get on the airplane no problem. And you guys wouldn't even yeah. Ice. 
That's, that's how yeah. stupid Pat Perry looks just like Kirby Smart. Pull up a picture <laughs> of Pat and pull up a picture of Kirby Smart. And if that were the case, like, you guys would put Pat on the airplane, take him to wherever he's going, and Kirby Smart would get Kirby, to the airport. He might be a member. We have a ton of college coaches. But, yes, he uh, could be. I'm telling you, Pat could totally flip the, the whole script on wheels up, and Kirby Smart would be left on the runway. They look exactly alike. Exactly. Okay. Alike. Well, listen, if I find out he's a member, then I'll tell you his next flight. Just get there well, five we'll minutes before work. he does. <laughs> yeah, please, please yeah. do. I just hooked you up, Pat. Yeah, thank awesome. you, dude. Well, I kind of saw I'll your picture awesome. on I guess I did see it on your tourjunkies.com. Uh, yeah, you got to... There's just a certain angle, especially Pat's LinkedIn picture. Go look at Pat's LinkedIn picture, which is totally goofy, by the way. And just send that. Look. Send the tweet the, the tweet you did from uh, just the other day where you said, hey, it was nice of at Kevin Kisner to invite yeah, but, Pat yeah, to the Georgia game. Yeah, but that's it. That's that is that's Kirby in the middle of the locker room. Like I, I wanted to see you and Kirby side by side. It's ridiculous. <laughs> oh, that's by the way, that's sweet that he got a helicopter ride down there and back. That's pretty sweet. Yeah, that yeah, that's, that's uh, man, that's cost four point nine million this year. You can just hop on a helicopter. Yeah, that's exactly what that is. Yeah, it's it's um, well, Justin Thomas apparently looks fun, so. Good on him. That's pretty nice. Good to have yeah. friends like that. Pat's never done anything to me like that. Yeah. Well, listen, it, once once you get this Tour Junkies uh, Bonanza Golf Tournament sponsored out in yeah, Scottsdale. That's what we need to do. We, we need to do that. We, we can totally sponsor the tournament. We can invite some rowdy friends. You guys and... 110% need to go out there. Like, I'm not even – I mean, I've been a lot of places on tour. Like, that's one place your yeah. where your audience would – um, you know, I don't know how you do it. Like, maybe set something up outside the court. I don't know, but you get, you know, what what comes through there? Half a million fans from the weekend or the whole week or yeah. something. Well, yeah, every time we go to a tournament, we see increase. Like, but you know, and Pat and I talked about this. Like, if we had come up with this years ago when we were both, you know, single or maybe just married without five kids between the two of us. Yeah, we we could have we could have grown this thing at a much more rapid pace. But every time we go to an event, it doesn't matter how big stuff happens. Like I was at East Lake for one day this past week, and stuff was happening. And like we met some people, we made connections, and uh, so it's good. I mean, we want to get some more tournaments for sure. Um, and Scottsdale is on the. I, I want to go though without the way. Like Bob Parsons told us, he probably won't remember by the time he comes to us. But Bob Parsons told us on the show, like you get it, you get to Scottsdale. And you can be my guest at, at Scottsdale National. And I was like, oh, my God. I want to play Scottsdale National so freaking bad in that part three course. Do yeah. the PXD thing. And just, I would I would just love to shake off heart. Pain, so. Yeah. No, that you should do the, it. Uh, you should, you should go out there. Yep. All right, cool, man. We, we appreciate you. You gave us a lot of, a lot of time. And uh, so we'd love to have you back on, too. If you're yeah, listen. Yeah, I'm happy to, whenever. You guys, you guys got my number now. What will you discover in Asheville, North Carolina? Your inner explorer as you hike mountain trails. Your creative streak as you stroll the River Arts District. In Asheville, the answers can surprise you. Don't miss Summer of Glass, now through September, featuring Chihuly at Biltmore and a community-wide celebration of glass with local exhibitions and tours. Visit exploreasheville.com to plan your stay. Asheville, discovery inside and out.